Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Make Things Make Sense. Today, we make sense of remote working. I've been remote working for three months in Southeast Asia, traveling and doing my job to the best of my ability. I know people all over the world want to do more of this, so I'm going to share what I've learned so far. This podcast will be useful for employers that want to guide their remote or hybrid teams, employees or freelancers who want to travel and work, or even travelers looking to evolve into digital nomads. I hope you learn from my mistakes and double up on my successes. We're going to discuss some interesting stats, how to test remote working, what to plan for, what research not to believe, how to create your own infrastructure to be online as often as possible, how to keep a consistent schedule across multiple time zones, and a few more tips I've picked up along the way. I'd like to say thanks to codesubit.io. It's a website I found that has some really amazing statistics. Did you know that 16% of companies worldwide are now fully remote? 75% of global workers believe remote working is the new normal. Remote work has grown 91% over the past five years, and remote work has increased by 44% in the past five years. 52% of workers work from home at least once a week prior to the pandemic. 97% of employees want their work to be at least partially remote in the future. 74% of professionals expect remote working to become the new normal. So, what do you need to know about you or your team remote working? As a bit of insight, I've been working remotely from Malta, Kuala Lumpur, the Malaysian part of Borneo, the north of Thailand, the southeast Thailand islands, the southwest Thailand beaches, also kind of a bit on a scuba diving liveaboard around the Similan Islands, from the south to the north of Vietnam, in Manila, the capital of the Philippines, as well as in El Nido, which is in Palawan in the Philippines. Next up will be Cartagena in Colombia, and then who knows. The first thing I can say is, damn, do I miss my office chair and my dog. But for the rest of it, wow. It's been an absolutely incredible experience that I hope you get to experience if this is also what you want. So let's dive into it. Here's something I really wish I had done. I really wish that I tried it out locally to start. So my top tip for you is go to a couple of local cafes and figure out what you need as your setup. Don't guess it like I did. What is the most minimal setup you can comfortably work with? Remember, you're going to have to carry it everywhere. Think, what are meetings like outside of your office or home? What tools do you need to make them run smoothly? What type of work do you need to execute and what scenarios can you do it in? Is it okay if it's noisy? Does it have to be quiet? Does glare on your screen matter? What is the minimal tech that you can get away with? My inverted commas basic setup is my laptop, laptop charger, phone charger, power bank, a universal adapter, my phone, noise cancelling headphones for meetings, a small and portable microphone for these podcasts. Further to that, you also need to have a lot of backup plans for the infrastructure. Depending on where you are, you might be used to having super speedy internet that's there all the time, but don't take that for granted. The infrastructure around the world is not always what you think it's going to be. So my plan A is usually to buy the most reliable SIM card with the most amount of data that I can get. And there are tons of articles that you can research about that, but just make sure it's post-pandemic. My plan B is that I also have an eSIM set up on my, on my phone. Make sure that your phone can handle that and you've got the capabilities for it. But I usually find that I can switch between the SIM card and my eSIM to get some form of data coverage for hotspotting. My plan C is Wi-Fi at hotels and cafes, which you definitely need to double check. 
I also usually aim to have another location, usually maximum 30 minutes drive away, so that if something happens in the area that I'm in and I can't get connection anymore, I know there's always somewhere else. Surprisingly though, even with all my backup plans, I sometimes still manage to be without a connection, and that's when you get really remote. I would highly suggest that you research places to work from in advance and figure out the distance from your accommodation and how to travel there. So if you're in Southeast Asia, you can use Grab, which is the main taxi app here. Read blogs and reviews, but again, make sure they are post-pandemic. And even if you do read one, there was only seems like it's six months ago about an amazing cafe, go on their Facebook page, go on their Instagram page, check out on Google and see if they're still open because you'd be surprised how many have shut down. Figure out what features do they have. And if they are set up for remote workers and digital nomads, do you have to buy a drink every two hours just to use the internet? How do they charge? What is their system? Because these things can get pretty pricey if you're going somewhere for an eight-hour day and every one hour of internet you need to spend X amount. Try and figure out by asking them if you can have meetings there, if they've got set places. Again, you'll know the types of places if you've practiced this yourself in your local cafes. And for anyone with intolerances like I do, really important, do they serve the food or milks or teas or coffees that you can drink? Or are you just going to end up going through copious amounts of green tea like I have? After three months of everything working out perfectly, I have to say I got sloppy and I showed up in El Nido in the Philippines where I did not do my research. I was following the weather rather than my remote working capabilities. And coming from Thailand and Vietnam, which were awesome, I gotta say that mobile phone connection is already a stress, never mind getting internet. Sometimes it's windy or I don't know what happens, but there's just literally no connection across half of this place. So I'm currently recording this from my very quiet hotel room with all my fingers and toes crossed that I can upload it via my hotspot for you to listen to. Once you get to your first destination, try and figure out and research whether you want to sit at a cafe or if you want to go to a co-working space and see what works for you. Personally, so far, I haven't used any co-working spaces for two reasons. One is, my job is a lot of talking and I'm quite a loud person. So cafes and hotels work well for me without having the added cost of needing to be in a co-working space and then booking meeting rooms. Also, since we've been moving every three or four days, I didn't feel the need to be part of a community. A third part is that I haven't really booked things in advance. For cafes, I really suggest you research and find two or three and either call ahead or maybe even ask the cab driver to just wait outside for a couple of minutes while you make sure that their Wi-Fi is working, it's of the speed that you need to get your work done. You also want to make sure that whether you're going to a cafe or a co-working space or anywhere else to work from, find out what time they close. Just because you're working on EU times and need to be in meetings till 10 p.m. Indochina time, doesn't mean that the barista has the same time frame. You don't want to get kicked out mid-meeting. Although when this did happen in Thailand and I had a kick-ass SIM card, I was able to continue the meeting from the taxi, which was super remote working. But I'd say that's not what you're aiming for. You don't want to be moving around from A to B during your meetings just because you didn't check what time a place closes. So do double up on your research. Don't believe all the articles. A lot has changed and does continue to change as the world opens up. If you are working from your hotel room, top tip, ask them for a comfortable chair so that you can work from it. Also, don't keep any open food in your bag or room as you won't be alone for much longer. Ants once climbed up five stories to get to a half-eaten packet of crisps left in our bag. Next up, I really suggest you figure out your work schedule and keep it as consistent as possible. I decided to experiment with the four-day work week while traveling, as well as reducing my meetings to 25 minutes whenever possible. 
I kept Mondays for myself and took nearly no meetings unless absolutely necessary and focused on what I needed to get done. I sometimes swapped Mondays for weekends, but all in all, it was the time frame that I was moving around as I needed to. So I was aiming to do 30 to 32 hours of work a week. I didn't work Fridays. In Southeast Asia, I opted to work from midday in the China time to 8 p.m., which was the equivalent of 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. CET time, which is where my team is. I often worked till midnight as my team would close off around the same time, but working late is nothing new. So I was actually just gaining a lot of time in the mornings to explore or do more activities I wouldn't usually be able to do, like kayaking and cooking classes and meditation and workouts and you name it. Essentially, I really made the most of my mornings, and whenever I didn't have to work late, I had some great dinners and the ability to meet people as well as the time to travel when I needed it. I did, or I do think, I've been moving around far too often, and for the next leg of my trip, I'll be staying more stationary. So, if you're traveling, like I'm traveling with my sister, and we've been doing this to see as much of the world as possible, we were moving every three to four days. If you're focusing on the digital nomad lifestyle, I would suggest going for slow travel and trying to be somewhere for two to even four weeks at a time to really get to know the place. Next, figure out a way to monitor your productivity if you don't already have this. Now, this means different things to different people in different roles, but in its most basic form, set some form of KPIs or milestones or markers just for you to be able to evaluate how you are performing compared to how you used to perform. Also, use your team as a benchmark for this and ask them directly to get feedback, especially if they're not happy with the way that you're performing and it bottles up. Did you know that 77% of workers report greater productivity while working off-site? Whether you're working or not, I really suggest that while traveling, you talk to everyone. You never know what opportunities are out there. Most people are looking to make friends, no matter what age you are or what age they are. And it only takes a few seconds to see if your conversation is going anywhere. I've met so many incredible people over the past three months, many of whom I'm really excited to have on this podcast. I've met an uber successful entrepreneur who was just sitting waiting to get dinner at a sold out Vietnamese restaurant. I met a retired top PR specialist while exploring caves in Mulu National Park in Borneo. I met a teacher who's battling with the system on how the Education Institute should implement AI and the merits of it. Aside from meeting people with incredible stories, you will also learn what's really awesome to do in a place from fellow travelers. And vice versa, you can share your best activities and make someone's day. I found I made most connections and shared activities, not at a bar. Out of the hundreds of people I've met, I would say only five of those connections were made at a bar or a party. The rest were doing something incredible we will all remember for a long time to come. I really suggest you keep up to date with your team like you would when you're back home. How are they emotionally? What is life like back at home? Is anyone struggling with anything that maybe you can help with? Be available, especially if you're a boss or a manager. I also try to be considerate and not post social media stories while my team at hard at work during the week just to stay in the same social flow as them. And now, a few tips for travelers in general. Make sure you research your visas beforehand. Make sure you have good health and travel insurance. Take as many meds as you can with you, because whatever you take for granted back home, chances are you won't find it as you travel. Contrary to what I've said before, don't always believe the blogs, especially when it comes to best times in inverted commas to visit a location. These are so subjective and you really need to figure out what makes it the best for you. Is it price? Is it weather conditions? Is it related to scuba diving or skiing? Is it to do with entertainment? 
So you really need to dive deep. Doing what I did, which was like best time to go to XYZ, gave me a lot of subjective articles, which I just read, booked flights to, and it wasn't always the best time for me, but that was a lesson learned. One top tip I figured out is I use hostels to make friends on the weekends. So staying in hostels Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and then Monday to Thursdays, spending it in hotels if you afford it so that you can work in nice, productive, and quiet spaces. Stick Apple tags in everything that you can. I've got them in my day bag, my backpack. I've got one on my dog back home. I gave one to my sister, put one in her backpack too. Just the more things you can tag, the safer you'll feel and the less stress you'll have. Definitely try and learn local phrases as well as cultures. I believe there's a website called everyculture.com which can teach you a lot about cultures. And if you're intolerant to things, learn how to say no milk or no dairy please or no gluten please in the specific language to keep yourself safe. I highly suggest figuring out an exercise and even a meditation routine. You can use apps or watch YouTube videos or whatever works for you, but de-stressing is essential. And if you are working on a different time zone, that means you've either got the morning or the evening to do what's important for you. So take care of yourself. With all that in mind, here's a few things of what I want to change. I'm now entering the solo part of my travels, so I'm definitely going to slow it down. Moving every two, three or four days can be extremely stressful and tiring and causes a lot of displacement. I'm definitely going to do a lot more research to find out where has awesome internet much further in advance because relying on my plan A, B, C and D doesn't always work out. And next, I am going to experiment with co-working spaces because even though I mainly sit in meetings all day, coaching my team, dealing with clients and solving problems, I think it would be nice to join some more entrepreneurial communities. My last tip and something I've been going on for so long is I am using AI to speed up tasks. And while working remotely, I'm trying to work differently. I don't have all the previous stresses I used to deal with back home, but I do have new ones. But in terms of work, AI has been a blessing in speeding up certain processes to help me catch up when I've wasted time traveling. That's everything that I've learned so far in remote work. I will be updating this in the months to come. I really hope this provides value to you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening and please share this with one person you know needs to hear it.